We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back to another glorious episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, the BearCast. I'm here with Rob, co-founder and CEO of the BearCast. I'm the co-host, Andy. And now owner. Now owner, partial owner of the of the BearCast. Minority owner. We are fresh off a victory, so apologies in advance for any of the hype that you hear. But right now, as far as we're concerned, Cal is most likely going undefeated and going to the national championship this year. Yeah, it's like, it, it's like the ESPN win percentage on that is at 99%. And that's <laughs> what everyone was expecting before the season, so. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't come as, as too big of a surprise. Mm, what? Floor three wins? What? <laughs> but, man, how – I let me just ask you your, gen, your general feelings. After we went home, I'm just, you're about to go to sleep. Is that aura of, like, what just what you, what you we just watched mm. just still there lingering? Yeah. Well, luckily my phone died <laughs> in the third quarter, so I had a 25-minute walk to my car by yeah. myself to really process a lot of what I had seen. And I, when I got home, I messaged my dad, and I was like, hey. And I, I've said this before, but I was like, this feels different. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a different type of team that I saw tonight, last night. Same personnel. Same, Same personnel, personnel, but totally, totally different. different. Just, I mean, there was no ridiculousness. There was no, like, you know, silly, stupid, outside of tackling the defender on the last drive, which was silly. But outside of that, I mean, that like that's a pretty limited level of silliness. I just think like the level of coaching is is higher than we've seen for a while, and um, I think it's time for everybody to start paying a lot more attention. Um, not just because we're three and zero, but just because of the potential of this team beyond this year. This is exactly what we could have hoped for in our out of our first three games. It is not necessarily signaling like immediate stardom for our team now, but the potential of getting there after a couple of years is you can taste it. And that's where I arrived at. It was like I hadn't seen a football game like that from Cal in years. Years. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask you that too. What what do you think the last time you felt this type of game was? If you can pinpoint a game, have you like a win like this? I don't know. Uh, probably go back to like oh six, oh five, oh six. I mean, because for me, just because, I mean, for those of you that weren't at the game, Zach Follett was honored a couple, I think second quarter was it? Mm-hmm. But, you know, he get a huge, he got a huge ovation. And that's the moment, I, I, for me, where I look back and I go, this felt like that Tennessee game. This this felt like that. The stadium wasn't as full. <laughs> definitely <laughs> half as full. Definitely, definitely not as full as that Tennessee game. But it, But it had that. Wow, this is this is how we could be. Like you, you make a couple of changes and we could be a lot better. I mean, yeah. that's how I felt this morning too. It was See, I don't say 07 because 07 felt like yeah, we had the flashes, but then we just completely tanked. And uh, there's so many memories the of, the, half of the season. Yeah. yeah, just like but I so I say like I just remember I think it was 2006 I was watching a Cal Oregon game and it's just one of those games that you Expected them to win. You're a little nervous about because there's a lot riding on it. And then Cal went in, and then they won by double digits. Mm-hmm. And as I looked back at this game, actually, and I thought about it. I was like, we could have won by more. 
like the margin of victory could have been, you know, to me this felt like a game where you Cal wins by 17. Yeah. Something along the lines of like a 34-17 type deal. Yeah, that um, was, I mean, not to interrupt you, but that was definitely my thought too was that I, I had that inkling in my, in my head this morning was what if the offense had clicked a little more? What if a couple of those deep balls weren't slightly overthrown or Vic Ward makes, makes a, one out of those three ridiculously long passes, VC doesn't drop that ball, you know. Um, we, yeah, so. Like, there's just a couple of those. There was a ton in the write-up where it was just like, Cal defense makes the stop, and then Cal offense goes three and out. It's like, Cal defense makes the stop, Cal offense goes three and out. And I'm like, wait, wait what? And then it <laughs> was Cal, like, Cal drives down the field and then doesn't come away with points. You know, you come in and you throw the pick in the end zone. You have Vic that can't get it in to even the one-yard line to get that first down uh, during that series. You have a couple of later drives that we converted into field goals that didn't really have much momentum. If you were to pinpoint those areas and just have a higher red zone efficiency, um, I think, yeah, you know, winning that game by 17. And then you look and say, okay, Cal just beat Ole Miss. Even still, it's still an impressive victory, but – uh, I think even more so, you'd probably see us go up a little bit higher had we done that. Yeah, you take away the two seventy-yard bombs, right, and then you look at the real. You look at the stats beyond that, and you go, those two happened way early in the game, and we made the adjustments, and we w- we did not let them air it out again in terms of you know thirty-plus yard passes. Although there was that one to DK Metcalf where it came off his hands. Sure, um, but because you know, I mean that thing, that's a drop. That's just on him. But, you know, the two uh, Cameron yeah, Bynum. That was lucky. The two Cameron Bynum, you know, PBUs, like those are solid defensive plays and so on and so forth. So there, it definitely felt like everything was falling right for us. Everything, it, it was like the football gods finally had shown, just <laughs> glanced in our direction and things were starting to fall our way. You know, the 12 men on the field on the on the punts and then, you know, the, the other uh, leaping call and just certain things that got us – as Wilcox said, the extra possessions. Yeah. And, or the extra first downs, basically. And So I don't think Ole Miss is a particularly well-coached football team. No. And that's the other side of this where I get pretty excited about it, and then I come back, and like, if you also look at the game, like the amount of second, third chances, you look at an offense that was absolutely humming at the beginning of the game, then all of a sudden starting off and – you know, first and 15, first and 25, second and 25, second and 35. It's like holding penalties. They had tons of false starts. We had injuries to their top wide receiver. They have an offensive line, you know, coach for a head coach. I just think that they don't – I mean, they're not eligible for the postseason. They're playing on a later time zone. There's a lot that was going right for us too. So I have to caution myself. Yeah, I mean, because everyone forgets, like – they flew in the day before the game, and game starts at 7.30, which is 10, 10.30 for them. By halftime, it was, what, like 9.15, and it was that's beyond midnight for them. So they're playing at like 1 or 2 a.m., basically, and that's that's ridiculous to be playing football at, in the wee hours of that morning and competitive, you know, not even just like a recreational flag football league. Like, it's just <laughs> straight up in the middle of the night. That's pretty late for flag football. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone real football. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a step back here. How would you feel about the ambiance of just how the city of Berkeley was and you know, inside the stadium? Because we walked around the stadium, you know, on the ground level a little bit, and we walked around campus a little bit too. Like, mm. I just want to get what you what your impressions were. I think we're a really friendly place to come. Like, I saw a number of Ole Miss fans asking for directions to the stadium and people saying, hey, hope you have a great time. Enjoy yourself out here. So on that side, I think we're excellent. I thought the tailgates were really fun just to go see, you know, just going to get back into it, seeing the band and all that. I was severely disappointed in the attendance. If you're I, – I just don't see any way if I put myself in the shoes of Andy – 2007, when I was going to all the open practices and, and you know going to all the games as a student, like there's no way I would miss an old Miss. Weber State, final, give it to you. We only got 5,000 more for an SEC opponent, apparently, according to the final numbers. I think it was 32 versus 37. Yeah, but on top of that, how many of that was? It's probably Ole just, Miss yeah, Ole Miss too. fans. I mean, it's 
So that was really disappointing. And I don't know. Like some people said it was a late start. He had that comment. That was smart. So we'll see. 12.30, midday. Once again, the Giants are awful. The Warriors are not playing. The Sharks are not playing. Like the Niners are useless. The Raiders are leaving. What else are you going to do on a Saturday? Everything's falling in our way again. So if we can't get a solid attendance here, like, I, in, with a really fun team, I don't know. That's, that's a big concern. You, I think we've got to find that fine balance between getting wins and having people come to the game. Right? Like, there's, of but course. It's, it's the young alumni. I mean, it's really not the students. Yeah. It's the young alumni that are letting us down. I mean, it's my friends included. I don't think a single one of my friends was at that game. I had, a group, I had like six, one out of town, and then a couple. But, I mean, that was purely also because I, like, urged them to go. And also tickets were ju- tickets just got dirt cheap. They were, you know, on StubHub and Ticketmaster, they were like 45 to start the week. And on game day in the morning, it was $11. If you're not spending $11 to go to a Cal game and, arg- and being all butthurt on Twitter about how the attendance is so crappy, I can't help you. There, I, like even taking the BART and then getting that $11 ticket would have cost you, what, 30 bucks at most for the whole day or for, an, for a night game against an SEC team? Like, can't help you, dude. <laughs> can't help. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind of yeah, weird. It is. I hope it changes. I really do. I really do. I, you know, but with any sport and with any team, you win, the crowds will come. I think that's, that's – I think that's – doesn't matter about what sport it is. It's just that's across the board. When you start winning, people come. So, yeah, let's hope that this is the start. I mean, yeah, I mean, with the SC game on the week, in, you know, in a, in a few days, about a week, less than a week now. So, oh, boy, we'll see how attendance goes for a 12.30 start. What did you think about the uh, ambiance? I liked it. I liked how, you know, it was – there was a lot of Ole Miss fans, but no one heckled anyone. No one did anything. Like, you know, next to our tailgate, there was an Ole Miss tailgate, literally across the parking lot spot. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, they were friendly people. You know, they're just here to enjoy their team. You know, out, what a, which was a great day out in Berkeley, by the way. Weather was perfect during the day. And it didn't get that cold at night either. It was just—it was a good time. Everyone's having fun. You know, a lot of people walking up to the games and, you know, walking around campus, walking up Bancroft, and it's just such a different scene. I mean, just a couple days ago, right? You had, um, what's it? Political commentator Ben Shapiro here, and they blocked off Bancroft, and you know, people were arguing on the streets and jumping over the blockades and all that stuff with all the riot police and everything. <laughs> And literally in a 48-hour switch, there's two teams that barely know each other, one from across the country, and everyone's just enjoying themselves, <laughs> you know, enjoying a beer. Like some guy some, some guy next to us yeah. uh, at some uh, tailgate bought a ski shot. So it's like a, like a ski thing with like four shot glasses like glued onto it. And he just went around, like, giving shots to people. And, you know, there were, there were times where it was, like, two Cal fans and two Ole Miss people, like, just taking a shot together. And it was just – like, I feel like that's how – maybe it's just a utopian version of, like, college fandom that I'm thinking of. But that's how it should be. It's like, yeah, you can heckle and have a little fun with it every once in a while. But overall, as a general thing, like, that's how it should be. If you're the home team, be very welcoming to the opposing teams. Unless they're from USC or Stanford. Exactly, exactly. But even then, we yell at them. Yes, yes. And we just tell them to take off the red shirt. But yeah, I just, I love the atmosphere of it. Everyone was real friendly. Everyone was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I hope you guys have a great game. But I hope we win. You know, little little tongue-in-cheek comments like that. And, you know, you just went about your day and everyone had a blast. Uh, It was, yeah. I, I I can't think of a better in terms of, not the number of people, as you said, that wasn't great, but just the environment and just the atmosphere around Berkeley was just perfect. Mm, great. Yeah. All right, going from there, one more topic before we delve into the game. All of the alumni, alumni, recruits, and former Cal football players, their reactions on Twitter 
were simply amazing. Uh, guys like Kevin Wiley, right, tweets this out. He goes, uh, LFG, which means let's effing go. Uh, like the fight in this team and like how Bowers responds when his team is down. And he's like, another tweet says, we have the lead. Big boys from hashtag SEC look tired. At Cal football equals grit. Let's go Bears. Um, another tweet, can't tell you how happy I am to love Cal football again. Win or lose tonight. Um, hashtag we're going to win. Hashtag go Bears. Scott. Yeah. And uh, or and one more from one more from Kevin Riley. He said, uh, last tweet was right before that pick six. Hashtag coaching. Hashtag go Bears. If this was still Dykes, I would still be thinking we would lose. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. And right. then one more. He says, and now we can watch the third loss. The world is back to normal. <laughs> Hashtag go Bears. And, of course, uh, Scott Fujita, too, former linebacker. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he was talking about, I don't watch much Cal – or he first he tweeted out, impressive win by at Cal football tonight. This team is really well coached. That was after the game. This morning he tweets out, I don't watch much football anymore, but this morning I rewatched – the Cal game, I want to play for Justin Wilcox. That's huge. And then you had all these big-time recruits that were here. We had a, a quarterback in the class of 2019, you know, just tweeting out, like, go Bears and all that. And there were some linemen and some uh, DN guys that were here visiting, and they were just tweeting out about all of the, the victory and the madness of that game. And, you know, you and I were talking about this before when we were sitting there and talking about who would – the recruits were that were visiting yesterday and man like that was a game to be at like if you wanted to show a football product to these kids and be like this is what we want you to be a part of neglect the, <laughs> the attendance if you're just purely looking at the product on the field that's a pretty good show and i i said this about dykes but it's weird that i'm saying this about wilcox but you looked at Dykes and you saw that offense, and we always just say, if you're a wide receiver, why wouldn't you want to come and play here, right? Now I say that about our defense. If you're a defensive player, doesn't matter what position you play on defense, why wouldn't you want to play on this defense? They said, if you're a cornerback, you can drop into coverage, you can play press, you can blitz. If you're a DN, you can blitz, you can stand up, you can drop into coverage, you can QB spy. Linebacker, they'll send you on stunt blitzes, delayed blitzes. Like, or you can drop into coverage or QB spy or, you know, like there's, you're asked to do so much. And I can only imagine how much fun that is, not just being stuck to one type of play. Like, oh, I'm a corner, so I just have to sit in this zone in the flat. Like, that's all I'm going to do all game. But now it's like Cameron Biden comes on the blitz. Braden comes off the blitz. Downs runs down the middle, you know, with a two-second count. Like, it, I, I, I've never played football competitively, but I just feel at any sport – it's like if you're getting those opportunities to do a lot more than what you're normally asked to do or just one little side, I feel like that just makes it so much more fun. And that's – I'm like – that. Like I don't I don't see how we're not going to recruit defensive guys. It's more it. fun to watch on the field. Exactly. That's it's it. like everything that we watched last night is – it's a higher level of entertainment because you're seeing a higher level of execution. I think the defenses we played in the past years were pretty simple. And it was very. It just seemed like it was bend not break, mm-hmm. and that's really what we kind of leaned on. And well, it's uh, still true today. Sometimes too. we would blitz a little bit, but and uh, just think that this is way more fun. And you see players tweeting out about it. Da's tweeted that said I haven't had this much fun playing football. I don't know if he still feels the same way, but he made a couple of nice plays last night. Um, I just think I agree, and it's one of those things where it's pretty easy to recruit against a place like SC and say, look. Join SC, wait three years. Join Cal, play year one. Yeah. You know, like, come in, get your name out there, get experience. Uh, we rotate a lot. It's next man up philosophy. Someone goes down, you're going to come in. doesn't matter if you're a senior. doesn't matter if you're a freshman. You still have the same chance to play. The biggest thing as to why I might not want to come play for Cal is because when I go and look up around me at the stadium and Ole Miss is in town and I see – shelves <laughs> that would be the biggest difference it's just like that in stadium vibe but outside of that the facilities obviously the uh academics and then just being in the bay area which is such a amazing place to live um and then you look at the the coaching staff and schemes and all that like hard to make an argument against it yeah 
I mean, just talking about just one more thing about the uh, the attendance too. Like, I I talked to you about this during the game, but it's still weird to me that they place the opposing team's like corner directly across from where the players enter. I still think that's so, especially because the stadiums aren't full either. Like last night when the players ran out, the first thing they see, stri- like if you look dead ahead, it's like three sections full of just red shirts. Right, that's the first thing they see when they run out of the tunnel. I'm like, that's. Do you, is that what you want? Like, is is there no other sections that you can give out where it, it's it's like, they're away from their team and our team doesn't really have to constantly look in their direction like when they're running out onto the <laughs> field. Like I I've seen both sides where it's like maybe it lights a fire into them, knowing that those are the opposing team players. But I feel like at, at the same time, like I I would get more pumped if I had my fans. As the first thing I see when I enter. Let's get our fans in the stadium first. Yeah. And then we'll solve that problem later. <laughs> Probably, too. Yeah, that probably is, too. I, I mean, I think it's fair, but I don't know. I just don't know how much I care yeah. right now. Because it's like... We just want the wins. We were down there in that tunnel, and it's also like... I don't know. I didn't necessarily think you noticed that. Because as soon as you walk out, you're going to get the peripherals. That's true. That's true. This is very true. All right. Let's move on to the game. Oh, let's move on to the game. Oh, what a game we had on our hands. What a game. Cal beats Old Miss uh, 27-16. Our first SEC win, our, our first win against an SEC team since Tennessee. And that was 10 years ago. 10 years. What have I done with my life? <laughs> you got married. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what'd you do with nine years of your life? I guess that's the bigger question. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, let, let me just get your general thoughts on the game. Just General thoughts? Yeah. How, how'd you feel about the game as a whole? Um, the, like football, football-wise. From a football perspective, it was pretty exciting to see like us the amount of balance we had in our offense. Um, and then I was a little nervous at halftime. Honestly, I actually think that if there's anything to notice, it's like the fact that we've gone down um, by I, – because I didn't watch the Weaver State game, so I don't know if we went down by double digits that game. But, like, obviously against North Carolina and against Mississippi, there's a little bit of a pattern here in digging ourselves into a hole. You can't keep doing that, especially against the Pac-12. So hopefully that won't happen. But as far – like, besides that, like – the ability to rally for this team, come back, play better, improve, stay focused, pick each other up. It was amazing. It was awesome. Like, as far as the game could go, I, I was thrilling. It came out at the end. It was, like, nerve-wracking, and we had a big play to go win it. Um, and even after that, we had a couple nice plays, as you said, but Bynum one-on-one in coverage, oh, breaking those God. up, and then Downs with the final sack. It was a great night. It was a ton of fun, really. Yeah, I – I talked to a couple guys um, that were sitting in the alumni, alumni section and said, that's the most fun they've ever had at a Cal game. So, like, in terms of what they saw on the field. Uh, wow. So that's, that's, inc- that's incredible. If, you're seeing, if, you're, if you have fans that are saying that who have been the games for, like, four or five years now. So, yeah, it's – I mean – Well, you get to do all the chance now. Yeah. Because you had the sacks. Yeah. You actually have sacks. Yep. The bear trap. Bear trap, and you can say roll on you bears because you actually have like an attack that rolls down the field, yeah. doesn't just like throw a million times. So it's it's a little bit more back to our roots. Yeah, the first and ten, do it again, go bears, I roll just, on you bears. And I was just thinking about the SC game. I was like, damn, maybe it's not. Maybe we should opt out of the booth on that one. That could get. That would be even. I mean, if that game gets close, that's going to be something else. But I will say this: this is just from a just a very first world problem thing. I'd rather be in the booth in the shade <laughs> than be in the student section in broad day sunlight the best from twelve thirty through. The best thing will be that the booth windows are up. Yeah. Because I feel like when you have those down, you get less of the vibe that you're in the stadium. But you get the yeah, you get to hear everything when the windows are up, which mm-hmm. will probably be up for SC. They have um, to be. But yeah, let's delve into the numbers a little bit. Let me just read out you some some base stats. Well, let me just ask you off the top. I've oh, been okay. wondering this one all, right. all day. All right. Did we end up outgaining Ole Miss? In terms of as a total total yards. Total yards? Ole Miss had four hundred and sixteen, Cal had three ninety nine. So close. Real close. Real close. Wow. So let me break that up for you, all right? 
Ole Miss had 416 yards, 53 on the ground, 363 through the air. Cal had 163 on the ground and 236 through the air. Hundred about a hundred yard gap, but I'd say that's pretty balanced. So Cal Ross Bowers, twenty four of forty seven, two hundred thirty six yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, for us, Patrick Laird, twenty two carries, seventy eight yards, one touchdown. Vic and Wary, thirteen carries, seventy five yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Conavai Noah, six receptions on ten targets, eighty one yards. Vic Wharton, five receptions on ten targets, fifty seven yards and a touchdown. And Patrick Laird, five receptions on six targets. 28 yards. On the flip side, Shay Patterson with 26 completions on 44 attempts, 363 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, they ran as a team only for 53 yards on 29 carries, and that's including sacks. And then, of course, their wide receivers, a couple of them went off. Uh, DeMarcus Lodge, four receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, former Cal recruit, um, 125 yards, three, three receptions, and one touchdown. And A.J. Brown, of course, barely played um, and did not get a reception. So there you have it. That's the offense. You want me, you want me to give you just a couple defensive? Just because how good Devontae was. <laughs> Devontae how, Downs. How did I know you were going there? Devontae Downs. 14 total tackles, 7 solo, 2 sacks, 3 tackles for loss, 1 interception, and 1 QB hurry. Right below him, Jalen Hawkins safety with 8 tackles, 5 solo, one interception. And then, of course, our other inside linebacker, Ray Davison, six total tackles, three solo, one sack, two tackles for loss, two breakups. And on those breakups, when I was looking over the stack cast sheet, at least one of them was responsible for an interception, one if not both. One of them was the one to Devontae Downs where he grabbed it over the top. They gave him credit for both, but I thought it was Marlo Sean who actually was the one who got the tip on the other one. Uh, they might have given it But to they gave it Davidson on the stats broadcast sheet or whatever. Uh, maybe. But that's exactly it. Is That's what we were talking about in our previews, was that they, we of all things that we do well, we actually have linebackers that defend the pass pretty well. And Davidson played exceptionally well. And Downs, a different story. He's like Kawhi Leonard of Cal football. He just gets every single statistical category. Um, and he's... And he's very soft-spoken in interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Man, those interviews are impressive. Holy smokes. <laughs> the team is a well-coached. Like, if you just sat in the room and listened to those interviews, you'd be like, this is a well-coached team. I wrote this in the recap. It was like last, we were not one year away from having Davis Webb come in. And remember he left the press room and did like a big like yell yeah. after the Texas game? And he was like talking about how they had, you know, that stuff that was up in the locker room, and it was just a different level of bravado. And then you have one, two weeks after that, you have Sonny Dykes jumping on players' backs against Utah, and then this game you have equally as thrilling of a win, but you have a totally different way of handling that. It was like, yeah, we came in and we executed, and we have a lot of places that we can get better. Great. That's how you should be. Act like you've been there. You know, yeah. that's what, I, this was great to see. And that was universal across every single person. There was not one single player that came out and broke from that. Yeah, the only only opposite side of that was, like, a, a few of the Cal football guys on Twitter or on uh, Instagram, like, they were doing Instagram Lives and, like, Instagram videos of inside the locker room. And, you know, they, were, they had music blasting, dancing, and... So it was more of a, let's do this type of stuff. Let's do it behind closed doors and everything else. Let's, yeah, as you said, let's act like we've been here before. You know, and that just makes, yeah, I'm the same with you. It just makes it seem so much cooler. Yep. And just, it brings, it's more, I think it's more classy just to be like, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we, we executed well. We did well. <laughs> that's, that's my answer <laughs> for the question. <laughs> so many questions uh, fell, fell on, like, short. Really short responses in that. All right. So I have one more stat for you. And I, this is the stat that always that has stuck out to me since yesterday is the penalties. 16 penalties, 113 yards given away by Old Miss. Only seven penalties and 90 yards given away by us. So in terms of the yards, there's not much of a gap. It's just the total number of penalties. Because we had some dumb penalties. We did. We did. Uh, two personal foul late hits on Devontae Downs, one of which was like a, a 
tap on the shoulder out of bounds. Um, and the other one, I think that that could have <laughs> gone. Tap on the shoulder. The one out of bounds. Um, yeah, he like put two did hands he, on. Did them. he straight up shove? Yeah, him? yeah. That one I was okay with. I thought the other one was more controversial. The late hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but for me rewatching that one, I th- I thought it was such a bang bang because he was. They had blown the whistle as he was going to ground, like mm-hmm. as Devonte was going to ground to tackle him because he didn't give himself up. He went head first. So it was such a bang-bang play where you hear the whistle, but he's already on his way down, and then you see him hit. Like, if you're the ref and you see that, you I mean, you have to pull the flag because you saw him hit gotcha. post-whistle. But just because it was like a one-second, like first-second whistle, second-second se- second hit, third-second I see the contact, like it's just, yeah, it was just one of those bang-bang-bang plays. But, yeah, I mean, look at that. 113 yards given up by Ole Miss, and they ran for only 53 as a team, including the sacks, of course. So net gain on the ground was negative. 16 <laughs> penalties. 16 penalties. I, That's so many. <laughs> I mean, it was ridic- It was getting to a ridiculous point. It was just like every time that they would start off a drive, you'd be like, okay, false. Uh, there were people that were yelling, okay, false start, false start, <laughs> false start. Like, like, when do you ever hear that? There were so many flags. Um, and it was just – I think that's my, that might have been why the game took longer, just because there were so many flags where they could back the ball up and or advance the ball. It, there was just a lot of spotting things that they had to work out. Um, otherwise, I think the game would have ended within three hours. Yeah. But it did end up a little longer than that. Um, going on from that, Avi, one of our CGV guys, tweeted out this, this morning or last night, um, Cal's defense in 2017 – this is just the overall on the season. Nine sacks, which is tied for 19th in FBS. Nine turnovers, which is tied for third in the FBS. Five, uh, five interceptions, which is tied for ninth in the FBS. Uh, four fumbles, which is tied for eighth in the FBS. And 19 passes defended, which is tied for 14th in the FBS. Crazy. Wasn't this team ranked outside the 100 last year yeah. in, in defense? Like, I... I mean, what are your impressions just from that? Is like, I mean, because you and I remember last year when Sonny Dykes said, if we want to tackle better, we need better athletes. And you and I were appalled by that comment. Um, and you look at the team now. He was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead wrong. Yeah. Coaching matters a whole lot. Um, this is what we wanted. We wanted to bring in a coach that was younger that, brought in a, a lot of other really solid young coaches. Look who you have at these positions. I mean, they're not even necessarily young. Some are old, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, the technique is there. Um, I mean, it's shocking to see it so quickly. And once again, it's early. First three games, one against an FCS opponent and another two against, like, ACC, SEC. But the ACC, SEC non-conference like, those are not patty cake games, regardless no. if it's an Ole Miss team that's with their O-line coach and then an NC North Carolina team that has no idea what in the hell they're doing at the quarterback position. It's still – these are not joke programs. It's not Alabama playing FCS teams to start their season off so they get this patty cake schedule. Um, it's amazing to turn that around with that personnel, but we did believe – at least you had a lot of belief about – there being a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball is just underutilized. And I think Nam said the same thing about downs. He's been talking about downs, 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 downs. And then everyone was like, well, why keep talking about this guy? And now it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's why. So what do you think? I mean, I look at this and go, well, can I first say, take that, all you naysayers. Of all of us that cover Cal football like on a weekly basis, and we're like, yeah, this defense is going to be improved. It's going to be improved. It's going to be improved. We've been saying that for weeks, and everyone's been saying, what are you talking about? There's no way this defense could be that improved, right, just from a coaching change. Like, we, we know who, who's on the field. Um, so first of all, take that. <laughs> I want to get a little revenge for some of the comments and for the, for the tweets I, I've gotten about how, like, oh, you're too optimistic about the defense and stuff. On the flip side, I will say I am just as impressed and surprised by how how big of a turnaround this def- defense has become. Like how much of a, a 
a really big switch this has become in terms of how their technique on coverage, their tackling technique, their tackling angles, their tracking, um, the the ability to swarm. If you're one on one coverage in the if you're one on one with the ball carrier in the flat, the ability to hold them or push them to the sideline, hold them enough where you get two or three guys to come help you swarm and get them down, or get that angle on him where he has to track himself towards the sidelines and you get that little just shoelace tackle or that shove just to get him out. And that's where I'm like, these guys work their butts off, the coaches and the players, in terms of basically taking everything that they've learned, let's say they're seniors over the last three years, saying forget all of that. We're going to teach you from scratch. We're going to instill in you all new tendencies all new habits, all new like instincts, and it it worked. I I I'll be honest. I had my doubts about how quickly those things could be instilled in a team over just a spring and a fall, one spring and one fall camp. Clearly, <laughs> clearly they've done their job, um, and that just goes to show just how hardworking the kids are, and how tirelessly the coaching staff has worked with these guys to make sure that their their base level of football IQ and football instincts and all that and the techniques are there for them to compete and not be just shooting themselves in the foot. But you saw that, you know, in the first two games too. There were a couple moments where they, we kind of reverted back to, you know, the tackling types and the angles and things like that that we saw last year and two years ago and three years ago. But I definitely see, see that we saw in this game where they've finally taken that step, where they've taken that step of now they have two games on their belt with wins, and they know that this works, and they know that they have the confidence and the skill to be able to do it. And now you do that against an SEC team. Going into next week, like, you could show them as much game tape as you want and everything like that, but the, the confidence, I think, is the big thing. Going into that, we've done this against three di totally different offenses and totally different schools. And now we're coming into Pac-12 play, which we've seen these guys year in and year out. That's, I think, the, like, just, damn, this is, this is going to be fun this year. I'm at the point now where I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a really fun year. Regardless if we win or lose and we get to a bowl game, whatnot, no matter, that doesn't matter at this point anymore. It's every single game. It's going to be just so much fun. So do you think we have a level we can compete in any game left on the schedule? I think so. I think so. I mean, I've, I've seen enough in terms of the weekend adjustments and the changes and the, just the mentality of the players. Because we could have easily come in from that Weber State game going, oh, that was just a fluke, right? Like, that was just us playing bad. We can easily revert. And if you come in with mentality, I'm pretty sure Ole Miss would have smacked us. We came in like that. But I don't feel like we did. At least defensively, from that game to this game, we're like, we can't do that again. And they came out strong. They only gave up, what, uh, 10 points in the first quarter, 6 points in the second quarter, and then shut them out. <laughs> Just, they didn't score in the last 43 minutes of a game. It's a 60-minute game, and they didn't score in the last 43 minutes. Number one offense in Number one, football. yeah. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And the offense too. I feel like, I feel like you're they're 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 fine tuning every single thing in the offense now. Because let's let's look at this. Let's take it. Let's take it back. UNC game. A lot of the deep balls to D Rob, who did not play today too. A lot of the deep balls to D Rob were either underthrown or overthrown, or any of the long balls that Ross threw, like severely overthrown or underthrown. Weber State too, but Weber State. It wasn't the matter of the distance. It was left to right. Right, it was was it too infield, or did he lead him out of bounds? Tonight's game or last night's game, at least since D. Rob didn't play, our biggest deep threat was Vic Wharton, and on those throws, three on three of them, I believe, were deep passes. One led to a touchdown. One hit his hands, like went through his hands, and the other one was was like an inch shy of Vic. Vic getting it in because he Vic dove forward for it and it just went beyond his hands right so that's where I see the adjustment is he's getting his rhythm and where to place the ball every game it's getting better it's getting better every game 
And if you see that, I for me, if I see, we saw that we talked about this too. Is we're we're fine with Bowers as long as we see him improve week in and week out, and we've definitely see that. And some people are like, oh, he gave him more interceptions. Well, interceptions are gonna come by, you know, like it's just gonna happen. Like we we got a couple of interceptions from Ole Miss off of tip drills and stuff, and there's just that's just not gonna fall your way sometimes. Um, the ill-advised one was that interception in the end zone. Yeah. But now he's going to look back at that tape and go, okay, I can't throw that ball. And he threw the ball away a lot today, too, last night. He rolled out, looked downfield, nothing, throw it away. Instead of holding it, trying to make a run, and getting pulled down for, like, losses of three or five, which he's done in, over the last two years. So if, if he's improving like that, I mean, we don't – we haven't seen, like, what Ross Bowers as – a QB with, like, free reign can do yet. Keyword yet. And that's ins- that's exciting. Yeah. That's really exciting. Receivers dropped a lot of balls yesterday. They did. Um, they did. <clears throat> he put That one that he put on Vic, the cast of cash. Yeah. Um, everyone in the box was pretty forgiving of Vic on that, but I think that's it's got to be a catch. The, the full extension one, right? Not the no, or the forward diving one. Not the forward diving one. Or the, the like the sideways, the yeah. sideways full extension where yeah. it basically went through his hand. Yeah, he put it in a perfect spot. And the VC drop, um, and then a, there VC were a drop. there were a bunch in like the first half. Kind of I kind of I one. Yeah, uh, Singleton had one. Laird had one. Um, although the Laird one should have been called a pass interference because if you watch the replay, the defender does pull his jersey, and you see it just stretch out. Mm. Uh, but they didn't call that one. But let me ask you this. How big was is having D-Rob or not having D-Rob? And how big do we need him going into Pac-12 play? We need him badly. I thought that they – this is a defense that wasn't highly ranked. Mm-hmm. The Ole Miss defense is not supposed to be very good, and they really did slow our offense down for the better part of two quarters. So, yeah, uh, single coverage on the outside. Are you kidding me? There's no way you do that with someone that can just burn you over the top. It would have been easy touchdowns for us. So I think we absolutely need D-Rob to come back next week. Um, so knock on wood that it's hopefully just a quick little bu- injury bug and that he's back on the field. I mean, it's just as bad as we need Saffle. So, um, so on that note, on TV, when I was rewatching the game, we haven't gotten any official word from – um, Cal Athletics or the football team regarding his injury. But Brock Hard on Heward, Heward, Bard on TV said that it was a soft tissue injury. Mm. So what does that mean? That that <laughs> just means like a like a strain. Oh, okay. Like a muscle strain. If it's a deep tissue injury, that's where it gets scary. Gotcha. Because that, that means it can be like a muscle tear, like a partial tear, like things like that. Okay. Where it's deep in the muscle. But if it's just something that's like on the outside you know, it could easily be something just uh, like a, you know, big bruise where he was just unable to run or yeah, or anything of those sorts. Yeah, we really need him against SC, especially because SC's got full of players like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a really athletic secondary. I think Iman Marshall's still there, if yeah. my memory serves me correctly. Yes, so is. if we can find a way to have to have Iman focus on one receiver and open up the others. Otherwise, imagine, like, USC just got a full game tape of what – Kind of why Noah does, mm-hmm. right? He's no longer an unknown. That's uh, that was I think one of my favorite quotes of uh, Ross Bowers at the press conference. They were asking him about kind of I Noah, and he goes, "Man, now you just gave away our secret weapon." <laughs> I think. <laughs> Did you ask that question? No, I think that was I think that was Ryan Gorsey from Scout. Oh. I asked about Devontae Downs to coach, um, but I wanted to ask Bowers was his pass. This was his career high in pass attempted. Hmm. It went like. I think his first game he threw like 30-something, then he threw 20-something, and then now 40-something. But his completion percentage was actually the lowest in this game. It was only about, out of about 51%. So I wanted to ask him if he felt a little tired just getting all those throws in. Just because you're not weekly throwing 45, 50 balls like our previous offenses are. You know, it, it really fluctuates depending on the game flow. So I, I definitely – but we didn't get – there wasn't enough time just because of how late the game ended conference short but I'll see if I can ask him if he gets on the banner this week um, but yeah um, so let's move on from that let's give out our awards for this game who's your offensive MVP Patrick Laird <laughs> definitely 
Gosh, without him, we were toast. Vic wasn't doing anything. Vic had big, two big runs. That's it. Everything else was averaging like two yards or less. I will give it to Kanavai Noah. He seems to just be there every time we need like a catch downfield or like something to invigorate the offense, whether it's a third down clutch catch or just like a just a rip, rip one down just to like, you know, just to get the crowd going. Um, and he just seems to have a knack for that. He's good. He almost came down with another amazing catch over midfield. He just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Our, our defensive MVP. Yeah. So you could go a bunch of different places here, I feel like. Yeah. One very obvious one. Um, I actually will take Funches. Okay. I thought I saw him in the backfield a lot, causing havoc and putting pressure. He seemed to be the, really the only player on the defensive side of the ball that if they lost contain on Patterson could actually catch up to him. Yeah. And I just was blown away by that. I thought he, uh, I was really impressed with how fast he looked and the fact that I just saw him back there and like consistently he was just chasing down. Patterson is fast. real fast. Fast as can be. So, yeah, I mean, there. I think there's a very obvious pick, but I go a little less obvious with this one. For me, I mean, I don't know about MVP, but... Uh, let's just say, like, dark horse candidate, I'll, I'll take him. All right. I think the the obvious choice here would be the Ray Davison or Devontae Downs. Um, Cameron Good. Or Cameron Good. Just any of the linebackers, basically, who they played amazing. But for me, just because it came down to the wire, I'm going to give it to Cameron Bynum. Those pass breakups, man. Those two – Those are amazing. <laughs> I could rewatch that for days. Like, that is – Textbook, what you want your cornerback to do yeah. on a deep route. <laughs> it's, it's, Let's do a little flashback. <laughs> Last year, that was one of our corners. They would have ran act with their body facing the receiver, hands up, not facing hands the up. ball, hands up, and hands they up. called for pi. Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, that's what would have happened. But this time, as he, there, I think their instinct, as I said, has gotten better. Where he turned around at the right moment, that's seized the ball. That's all Mr. Gerald. Al- yeah, Mr. Gerald Alexander. Alexander. He's so good. Mr. Alexander, you are our hero. <laughs> you are our hero. Yeah, that's uh, where, like, he says coffee me, we say gummy bear me. Yeah. Andy and I get the Bloom Gold Gummy Bears from Berkeley Bowl, and every time something good happens, we get a gummy bear each, cheers, and we start chewing on one. That's <laughs> just... That's how you celebrate in the press box. <laughs> that is how we do it with the Bloom Gold Gummies. Um, so, yeah, that, that'll be my defensive MVP. But, you know, of course, I can't take away anything from the linebackers because the linebackers played amazing. They played without Jordan Kanasich. And Cameron Saffel, both out. So you played without two of your top, like, of your two deep. And yet, guys made plays. Guys stepped up. How crazy is that to, to be, like, next man up, and the next man up did their job. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and that's another th- thing, and I hate to keep bragging on Sonny a little bit, but, you know, he came in, and he's like, all the injuries, all the injuries, all the injuries. And, yeah, you deal with injuries. It's college football. Yeah. Coach everybody up, and then you can plug and play. It's really just the dichotomy, the difference between those two in, the, in this game in particular. So I felt like it was such a, it was such a stark contrast. I mean, UNC, like you said, you had flashes. Yeah. Weaver State, you had flashes. This one, there was like very few flashes. And what the team was saying, and like give Sonny credit, because if you were to say like, you have to go that you have to go and get the team out of the Tedford era, which was I don't care about class, I don't care about school, and like apparently they didn't care about winning football games at the end of it. Then you go to Sonny, who's like, you got to care about academics. This is a great institution. Now you have the next step in that, which is both, which is both uh, high product on the field, high product in the classroom. So I don't mean to discredit him entirely, but he did, you know, he was just saying, oh, like got any injuries, got to stay healthy, blah blah blah, and like yeah, it's true to some degree, but we're also seeing that. There's enough talent that you can have on a roster that you can plug and play. And we've seen that with our opponents. How many times has someone been injured on Stanford or Oregon or SC and they plug in somebody else and voila, they have someone who's really good coming right into that position. It's something we just haven't had. It just sort of felt like in past years, it's like, oh my gosh, Allensworth is down. Who's going to play corner? Like, oh, all right, we have a true freshman playing corner who shouldn't be playing corner, who maybe should be playing safety and he's getting burned all day. Stoked. Love that. Yeah. A little bit of a rant. Yeah. I mean, we'll just give the examples from that, right? Trey Watson goes down. Patrick Laird 
hello, right? Josh Drayton goes down in that game. Cameron Bynum, hello. Like, it, it, it's, it's incredible to me how the resilience of this team and how everyone's like, if, if you're ahead of me, I'm, I'm gunning for your spot, but I'm also going to play for you out of my mind if you happen to go down. Like, it's a, it's a, they found that perfect balance between competitiveness or, like, competition and team chemistry. Yes, competitiveness and it, with collaboration. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's, that's the best way to get the most out of anybody in anything. Whew. Oh, vey. Oh, vey. All right, move on to the next one. Unsung hero. Malik McMorris. Whoa. <laughs> Without a doubt, that block. I've watched that little video. So Ken Montgomery took a screenshot of ESPN, and uh, the play we're talking about was like the fourth and one, one. or so that we had. Uh, and essentially what happens is there's a free Ole Miss player coming around the edge going after Vic and Wary, and Malik comes out across the field and just gets super low and trucks the guy. Vic breaks the arm, tackles, bounces out left, and goes down to the 21 or something like that. Huge play in the game and even bigger block. That was awesome. Yeah. Unsung hero. I mean, yeah, Malik McMorris is just – that's huge. I think that's real huge. For me, you know what? This is a very unorthodox unsung hero. But I'm going to say it was Ross Bowers. And yeah, I thought so. I'm gonna say it, um, just because he's not getting that much, he's not getting touted or anything from this game. You know, he threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns, and his completion was hovered right above fifty percent. But I look at that and I go, he did everything you want out of a young quarterback. If he threw an interception, looked at the video, all right, I'm not gonna do that again, and then erased it like it, and then he moved on to the next play, and. That that third down run that set up the fourth down for the punt, but they had 12 men on the field, and that got us the first down. But that run, I think that, for me, was the unsung moment. Because mm. if he didn't get those yards, the 12 on the field would have been useless. Because it's not an automatic first down, right? So, and he sacrificed his body for that one. I mean, he, he dove head first trying to get to – trying to get to the the sticks and he didn't quite get there but man it was just one of those moments where he's one of those guys that's that plays quarterback um as a team quarterback he doesn't need to throw for 50 yards and and tries to get the shots downfield you know he he takes what the defense gives him and he goes by what the coaches tell him to do because he fully believes in the coaching staff and he just got it done when it needed to be done to get the win and we're not going to talk about him that much just because of, you know, there's other guys that played really well, especially, weirdly, we, t- we keep talking about the defense. But, yeah, he did everything that we needed him to do despite the mistake. It's a great choice because the O-line didn't play particularly well no. last night. There's a lot of collapsed pockets. Whether, I mean, it also could be faulting them unless they are intentionally letting guys yeah. in. So maybe they're doing some of that, but Bowers was like doing little like spin moves out of the pocket, and you're right, making the right decisions, holding the ball, throwing it out of bounds, running with it. Like he was playing like he had years of experience, but it, this is his only his third game. Yeah, it was it was good. All right, uh, two more surprise player. Uh, probably kind of I Noah, I guess a little bit. You've been raving about him. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. So this was the first game you saw him. Yeah, I was kind of wondering who do you go to? You tweeted at the beginning of the game. We're out. Robertson, Saffel, Knezic, Tevin Paul. Yeah. Lord help us. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't really miss it. I mean, we did miss it, but yeah, but it didn't cripple the offense to the degree that I think we might have thought losing an All-American player like that. So, uh, for sure. Kind of why um, I guess most surprising could also go to Matt Anderson. Um, I think on the flip one side, he you know has been Mister Consistent, Reliable, 
And then to see him rally like that and rebound, and there's it's not like he got like a 20-yarder to make. He had to go right back out and hit a 40-yard field goal, and he put it right through. So surprising in seeing him rebound in the way that he did and surprising in um, also seeing him have to rebound. Surprise player for me, um, I guess it's Jalen Hawkins. I, I mean, we all know he's a great athlete and great player, but didn't play last week due to a concussion that he suffered at North Carolina. Comes back, plays second leading tackler, and has that great interception that he runs back. And he seemed to be he pl- – he read the plays perfectly from the safety spot where if it was a swing pass, he saw the swing pass, and he would hit that slot gap and, you know, one-on-one with the swing pass or with the swinging running back and makes the tackle or he fills the gaps properly on a run play. So he's – yeah, he just did everything to perfection that we needed him to from our safety, and it worked. It worked. All right, bounce back player for next week. Who's going to come back stronger next week? Hey, shoot. Oh, uh, you go first on this one. Um, for me, I think it's Bowers. I think it's Bowers. I, I've been having this inkling since last night after the game. I said, this might be one of those, because he said he's, he's, few, he's, a, he's a better player when he plays worse. And what I mean by that is if he has a bad game, Right, like, or not a bad game, but he thrives on going over what he's done wrong and saying, "I'm not letting that happen again." He's not one of the guys that looks at all the good things that he does, okay, and go, and gets more hyped up about that. He gets more hyped up about the sack he took, or the incomplete pass that he should have hit. Like that's the stuff that he gets more fired up about. So I'm looking at I'm you know we we rewatched the game for a little bit, but I I rewatched it starting last night and. There are a lot of things on that tape that he's going to go back and go, should have had that, should have had that, should have had that, should have had that. And I think that's fueled, those, fueled the fire. On top of that, to be wearing the Joe Roth jerseys against SC in a day game, I think just fueled to the fire. Joe Roth, quarterback, why are we honoring him, right? And you're the starting quarterback of this Cal team wearing the new Joe Roth jerseys. And I, he said – the guys always say like, "Oh, they don't care about that. You know, they just want to go out and win." But you gotta be, you gotta be true to yourself. There's, there's at least like that one percent interview where those types of uniforms, those types of special games, it lights a little bit of a fire. And I feel like it's gonna just be one of those where he comes out firing. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. You have a bounce back player. I'm gonna take the whole wide receiver core. That's not a bad idea. They had a lot of drops. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that, you know, it, it's kind of. One in one A one B with yours. Yeah. To have a good Ross Bowers, you need to have these guys come down with the catches that maybe they weren't supposed to make. VC had the the catch of the game with that one hander. Yeah. But Noah had a chance. Vic Warden had a chance. There were other opportunities to have more catches. So, just think that that'd be where I'd say uh, be across that unit we could see ourselves rebound. Your stat of the your for you that stat would be forty four total targets, which means catchable balls, twenty four completions. Hmm. 20 wow. drops. A lot of drops. That's a lot. <laughs> Compared to Old Miss, who had 37 targets and 26 catches. Two of which were for 70-something yards. They had 20, They were 26 to 27? 26 to 37. Like 26 to 37? Yeah. So 11 drops is pretty bad, too. But that's, that's but more is it manageable. Drops or is it pass breakups could be in that, too, though? Yes, it can. Yes, it can, if he was targeted. You're right. You're right. Okay. So, I was gonna say, like yeah, yeah. 20 drops. Yeah, yeah. This is, is just the total stats. This All right. It's just the total statistics. So something's there. Yeah, something's there. We need we need more data. Yeah. But we need less <laughs> than 20. All right. We need less than 20 like incompletions. Yeah. We that's need a to lot. definitely limit that. All right. Um, that's it for that's it for it. That's it for SC. Or not SC. For Ole Miss. I'm already looking at SC. We're um, doing so well. We're doing so well. We're doing so well. <laughs> All right, um, that wraps it up first. Andy, do you have anything going up this week? Yeah, offensive preview going up Wednesday. Podcast, obviously, yeah, going obviously. up as well. Yep. Uh, for me, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. 
Um, so for all of your California need, California Golden Bear needs, go to CaliforniaGoldenBlogs.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rob11HWMD. You can find Andy at Andy J Beast Mode. And as always, uh, please like, subscribe, share this with your friends. Uh, we, we try to make the most of all these. So, yeah, definitely do that. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You knew it! Why? You knew it!